0: From Relevant Magazine, it's The Relevant Podcast.
1: It's the week of Friday, April 19th, 2013. This is The Relevant Podcast. The Relevant Podcast is the weekly show from the uh, team behind Relevant Magazine, where we bring you interviews and music and media recommendations and the news that is absolutely important and vital to your life. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: To her left, the unusually patriotically clothed Tyler Huckabee. Hi, guys. Is this July 4th? Every day is July 4th in my heart. Oh, this yeah. is
2: not USA. unusual for him. USA. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michaels. Hello, friends. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. They have a library of over 100,000 audiobooks. And they have a special offer just for Relevant Podcast listeners. Uh, if you go over to a specific URL, audiblepodcast.com slash relevant, you can get a free audiobook in a 30-day trial. Uh, what might you spend your audiobook on or cash it in for? Bob Goff's Love Does is available at audible.com. Uh, Francis Chan's Multiply, uh, Disciples Making Disciples, both recent podcast guests. Uh, they'd be great selections. So head over to audiblepodcast.com slash Relevant. Well, before we get rolling, uh, I wanna I wanna apologize to last week's listeners. <laughs> wow! Uh, um, what did we do? One already? of the one of the things that I noticed, Chad, and we discussed heavily. <laughs> <laughs> so so behind the scenes, uh, on uh, we post this we record this on Wednesdays. Chad edits it on Thursdays, and then uh, we post it on Fridays. And uh, so uh, because he does it on Thursdays, I listen to it on Thursday nights, just kind of give any last second notes. What I heard on Thursday night was (laughs) such a mess.
0: It was such (laughs) chaos. And this is after I had spent about six hours with it. Yeah. Uh, And let me tell you you why. When
3: you say chaos, here's what
1: my observation was. It was more chaotic than usual. and, And I couldn't figure out why until I realized that Chad started us off by injecting us with some fantastic coffee. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we were all so sure. hyped up. Sure. We were talking at double speed and on top of each other. Yeah. And so I came in Friday morning. I'm like, Chad, I don't know how to say this, but that was terrible. <laughs> like, it was hard to listen to at times, you know, because we're all literally like yelling on top of each other. We're so excited and on on caffeine, you know. And so uh, he went in and like a surgeon hmm like even though what you probably heard was still a little more hyper than usual yeah he st- he went in and muted tracks because like you know Jesse <laughs> would be saying something and Tyler would be like yeah but on top of him and so he would like Chad and Post went in and uh, like muted Je-
0: Tyler Uh and
1: let Jesse sound like he was the only one talking. And we were all like here yelling and stuff in the background.
0: I actually took a a page out of uh, filmmaking and brought each member in individually and did ADR (laughs) where we just actually re-recorded everyone's tracks solo so then I could just go in and piece the podcast together on my Friday afternoon.
1: It it was a mess. And we decided at that moment... Never no again. more. Never can, again. Can I, can I make the assumption off.
4: that everyone is drugged right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I,
1: I, I kind of say this because I realized I just got a cup of coffee. So, But if only one of us is talking super fast and everybody mm-hmm. else is in their normal sedated state... We'll okay. It should be okay. Just stay on our level. Yeah,
3: I apologize especially to Jesse, if I if I cut you off. No, man. I
1: mainly Jesse was the one jumping in on everybody else's stuff. Well,
4: and the odd thing is, I had no Tonks coffee. <laughs> 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 I just have a rude disposition. <laughs> so my apologies.
1: Uh, we have a great show for you today. Uh, podcast r- uh, favorite uh, Michael Gunger is joining us. Oh. Uh, they've been in the studio, and I talked to him about that and a new album that they have in motion, and. Uh, Yeah, that's coming up later. And we also uh, talked to uh, Kirsten Powers, who is a a columnist for USA Today and is the one who really broke the media blackout um, regarding the murder trial of abortion doctor Kermit Gosnell. Uh, She really broke the story. She's a believer. And uh, we talked to her about that and, and all that's happened since she kind of made the country aware.
3: She's written for us a number of times. She's a very talented writer. Um, and we were both really surprised we were all really surprised I think when we saw her here That's
1: good, for, good her. for her last week we mentioned to you guys that we, we were going to experiment with mo- moving relevant recommends to later in the show and, and we've had even further thoughts on <laughs> what we're going to do with this ever evolving <laughs> and floating segment uh-huh. so you know for the last seven years of the podcast we've done entertainment releases right up front told you what's coming out this week timely quick hit we move on and we decided to enlarge that and start saying, hey, we should help curate and point to things that we're actually really excited about and talk about why and bring in what, what we do on the website and in the magazine and do rele- relevant recommends here on the podcast. And, and so we kind of merged the two. And it was always odd to do this long discussion of art and media up front uh, in the podcast. But then the last week, it felt like it was really odd to have kind of the releases so far back in the show. So what we're going to do, we're going to split them. We're going to do both. We're going to do entertainment releases up front, like we've done for seven years, and then later we're going to do a, uh, a relevant recommend segment every week, uh, and then we're going to enlarge it beyond just music. It'll be uh, kind of things that we're really digging, whether it be a show or a movie or a book or even a video game uh, or an album. Well, we're going to kind of bring really? our, our media recommendations.
4: I've been playing a lot of Madden 09, the only one I got. I
3: think it's called Mad Birds <laughs> or maybe Angry Birds, but, but uh,
4: yeah. it's
3: interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, it might, might take wanna, off. I don't want uh, to get, get ahead, ahead of the myself. Pulls, <laughs> finger on the pulse. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> 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 That's what you can expect from Relevant <laughs> Recommends. Madden, Madden 84 is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I found
1: my old Sega, Sega Genesis, Genesis Sega. And, and all of its games.
5: That's a good time. So I have...
1: Like, all these early 90s, like maybe 1989 to 1993 games. Sonic, uh, Madden's, oh. it works.
0: FIFA. It all works. Did you ever have a Sega Game Gear? Like the massive hand no. controller. Oh, That's what I have. No, but Brandon Horn oh. did it. When I would go over <laughs> to his house and play that,
3: just ignore him. I don't know what, <laughs> yeah, I don't know I I what he over? did. I'd run <laughs> to his room. Hey, listen,
4: I want you to come over a sleepover. Hey, bring the Game Gear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I got into college, I got a Game Boy. I uh, so, uh, did have an Nintendo yeah. no yeah. And, and the only game I ever owned or played on it was Tetris, and yeah. so I'd sit, I'd take it all my classes and uh, just play Tetris during the the larger classes, like the you know the right. five hundred student classes. I would just play Tetris.
4: I had a TI eighty three graphing calculator, which we called in high school the Tetris machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only function I really used it for. <laughs> Wait, there's no cal- graphing.
1: Your graphing calculator had Tetris on it?
4: No, it was a TI eighty uh, three you know, which was like the standard... Did you guys use those in high school? The graphing calculator?
3: I I think that's the name of one of the droids in Star Wars.
4: Yeah, so in my high school, everyone that took a certain math class was required to buy what they call a TI-83 graphing calculator that was supposed to be capable of doing the Necessary calculations for this particular class, but anyway, some kid in in school figured out how to use their its little FireWire port and put Tetris on there.
0: Wait, a calculator <laughs> had a FireWire port? Like you had it, to jailbreak
3: it?
4: Yeah, yeah. You you it, like it didn't come preloaded. Some nerd somewhere programmed Tetris for this thing. Leave <laughs> it to a nerd. Yeah, and it and it made it into the school, and so pretty much everyone. That's all they did all day was play Tetris on the TI-83. If you have a, <laughs> a
3: TI-83, you don't really need to pay attention in math class because it teaches you everything you need. No. to was I'll
4: say this: I w- I was so bad at math that I had to take one math class in college. I waited to my senior year, and the name of that class was Math and Society.
1: <laughs> oh oh no. That class was General Ed, it was teaching you life skills like how to create yeah, a household it was no budget. Way it was
4: math.
3: Consumer yeah. math.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was how to create a household budget. It was how to calculate an interest rate. I you remember know. I remember Math in college, and society was just like this it was is...
4: me and the basketball team. <laughs> yeah, yes.
3: Consumer economics is a way better name than math and society, but I took it <laughs> and I remember in college having to take a test on how to fill out a check. Like a blank check. <laughs> That's awesome. That was part of my what? college. You, t- but they education. literally made you write
4: a check to the teacher. The teacher was like, uh oh, the to test is they to write me a check for twenty five dollars. All right, here's
3: your test, everybody. Just bring a check. No,
4: the wor- my worst decision I made in college as far as taking a class, it was, <laughs> it was actually my senior year. I it was I came to do to relevant to do an internship and I had to take some classes like correspondence. And I knew I was going to be really busy, and I thought, well, what's the easiest classes I can take? It's just going to be a breeze, you know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't have a lot to do in the evenings, so I I decided to sign up for color pencil drawing. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, this is only true. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, dude, this is cra- this is easy, man. This is three credits. I can, I can, you know, really dig into this internship, work some extra hours, meet people, you know, and not have to worry about it. So I didn't even crack a book until. It had a book, it really did. I didn't even crack it open until like the two days before the first assignment's due. And they're like, here's the supplies you need. I'm like, oh my gosh. I had I spent like 80 bucks
5: on art <laughs> supplies. That day. And I
4: and I stayed up the entire night doing these terrible color pencil drawings and I got a D <laughs> <laughs> because because of my complete lack of photorealism.
2: Oh, I feel like you could argue in that class to like get a better grade. Yeah,
4: no, 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 that was literally the comments. These have a complete lack of photorealism.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I had to take an exercise. Credit some sort of physical fitness, which obviously in college I, I had no interest in, until I found out that the school I went to offered a course, a three-credit course called Children's Games from Around the World. Nope.
5: What? It awesome. counted
3: as a phys as a phys ed course. Was it for like the elementary education major? In which me and the soccer team, like well, sure stuff. It was. Well, it was. It was every week. There was a different country, and we would learn a selection of three different games that children in that country would play, and then at the very end, my final, there was a final for the course, and...
4: You had to beat children at those games. <laughs> we,
3: had to, we, had to, we had to, utilizing poster board, we had to make a poster about the favorite game that we played.
4: What college did you go
3: to? Uh, that's uh,
2: your college was free, right?
3: A, yeah, and this was my, this is my free college.
4: So,
2: so, oh, my amazing. goodness.
4: This is just a homeschool college.
3: <laughs> Jesse, and I had,
1: Jesse and I went wow. to the same university, and right. we had to take a, a physical ed class every semester. Every semester, yeah, because yeah. Uh, one of the fundamental educational approaches to the school was spirit, mind, and body, uh, and so there was a physical component. And uh, but there was a wide range; you could take badminton, you could take whatever. I for four semesters, I took weightlifting, and for four semesters, oh, that's I, right. took, I took golf. <laughs> so, and I, I have, I. I've been to a gym maybe seven times since college, <laughs> and I've played golf once. And then every semester we had to do. To, how do you evaluate? How do you grade it? Right. So part of your thing of are you are you growing or are you committed to spirit, mind, and body? You had a a physical like evaluation every semester, oh. and it affected dramatically affected your grade for the physical really? ed class. And the physical evaluation was a three-mile run, a timed three-mile run and your Oof. grade was dependent on your time. Oof. And if you couldn't, like if you're physically unable, like if you had a doctor's clearance, you could walk it. And Or, Jesse, did, wasn't there an option for like Olympic pool swimming, like, like yeah, oh, there like was gets,
4: other options, but they were total. They were totally to worse. dissuade you from trying. They to were choose worse. Them.
1: It was like it was seriously like twenty miles of swimming or something. It was insane. It's <laughs> crazy. It was insane. It sounds
3: like some sort
4: of Aryan youth. can I'm not sure that I.
5: <laughs>
3: you might want to take a look at your...
5: Hey, <laughs> they don't play
4: around there. They don't play children's games from around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Our final isn't poster board. It's a, it's a grueling three mile sprint to the death. Yeah, they branded it
1: the Fun Run they did. I very quickly learned the shortcuts. I mean, they would have like RAs and stuff posted throughout the three mile course to make sure people weren't like cheating, but there were ways that you could cut across the campus and and cut it in
4: half. I know people that would wait in there because part of it, they cut through this big parking lot towards the end and they would just get up really early and go to sleep in the car. And just jump out of the car and join the race at one Shut point. Shut up.
3: Yep. Yep. So you didn't actually, so there was no head count.
4: No, you had like a bib. You had a bib, of course. Like oh with a number. Of course.
3: Yeah. Did and you all do this at the same time? Yeah, you would all start at the same time and oh. then they're just clocking it.
4: Like if
1: you're with this group, y'all are all A's. If you're with this at this oh. point, now you're all B's. Last couple semesters, I, I claimed the asthma one and I got to go I I, I got to go on the, 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 the brisk walking. Man. Now the brisk walking was on the indoor track. And here's the genius of the brisk walking. It was there was part of the track that was obscured, like half of it, from from the evaluating coach, and so you would do the brisk you know power walking on the visible part, and on the back half you would run.
3: Did they intentionally obscure part of the run? Like, is this like a? Tree of the knowledge of good and evil thing, just to make sure that no,
1: is that the building was integrity? Built. It was an indoor track. It was an indoor track with it went around the, the perimeter of the, the interior. Just seems yeah, there, there wasn't the like sounds. a weird
4: curtain that they had. Read. <laughs>
1: this is the trust
4: curtain. <laughs> yeah, well, the I curtain of integrity. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, it, you just emerge out of it every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like those long stringy uh, like sponges at the car wash. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the
5: curtain of, of integrity.
4: <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Maya did a run this weekend.
2: I did. did also, oh, I a fun run,
1: that. a three-mile fun run. Yes. Was this like a color run thing? Or yes,
2: yeah, color me rad.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could go. It was for the Ramadan House. Ramada House, oh. yeah, and you trained for it.
2: I trained for it, and then like ninety-eight percent of the people there were actually just walking it, and so we were having to dodge. So it was.
3: So you got first place because yeah. you've been training. I'd say half the crowd
1: has probably never sweat in their adult life. <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: They just wanted to have color thrown on them, the, the other, yeah. Well, who would
1: There was one guy who's pulling up the rear of the group, a couple in front of her, who was wearing pleated khaki shorts and had his hands in his pocket as he walked down the court. <laughs> that's my guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guy. He's just like there. Yep. Born, to, yep. born to run. And well,
4: Ryan, that's like I did I did back in the day in you guys came out for that triathlon. I it wasn't all that serious. I remember at the biking portion, there was a guy with like a basket on his bike. Right, yeah. was <laughs> like, like full crazier. of groceries.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I thought, well, at least I'm passing him now, but evidently he beat me in the swim. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
4: he's not taking this very seriously. <laughs> he like ran an errand mid race. stuff stop put in the basket. Uh. Like I said, at least at this point I'm passing him, but I can't help but think the stop at the gas station. You know. <laughs> it was fun
1: though.
2: You did good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It was fun.
1: Well, it's uh, entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, April twenty third. All sons and daughters. Oh, relevant podcast friends is coming out with live. Junip is coming out with Junip. Young Galaxy oh God, is coming out with Ultramarine. Uh, Phoenix, huh? Oh God, cover subject of the next issue relevant. of Relevant, Phoenix oh, is, is that, coming out with Bankrupt. That so? On the cover of which magazine? Uh, relevant Magazine. Relevant Magazine. Uh, relevant magazine. Uh, SNL, Coachella, Headliners.
6: Relevant Magazine.
1: Relevant magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, see, see the Ascension there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're going the right direction. Uh, their album's called <laughs> Bankrupt with an exclamation point. We're bankrupt! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so buy our album! Yeah. Movie release is coming out Friday, April 26th. The Big Wedding Robert De Niro, Diane Keaton, Susan Sarandon. Um, at any price, Dennis Quaid, Zach Efron, Heather Graham. I haven't seen Heather Graham in anything since Swingers.
0: Uh, or Austin Powers. The uh, Hangover. No, no,
3: The Hangover. She's in The Hangover. Oh, that's is. right. Yeah. What I was that rated R? I didn't see it. <laughs> Neither did I. I heard. <laughs> I was reading something. Yeah, I was, it was reading plugged in I was, magazine. I was, I was oh, in. I caught it on TNT the other night. Actually, I was,
4: uh, yeah, I watched the family friendly version. It was like fifteen minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, also coming out, Mud with Matthew McConaughey and Reese Witherspoon. Interesting note about this movie: the only shirt Matthew McConaughey wears is Mud. That's yeah. where they came mm-hmm. up with the name.
3: Mm-hmm. Not much. No Don't want to put too much mud on there. Yeah,
4: it is Matthew McConaughey.
3: <laughs> it's Matthew all. McConaughey.
1: Okay. Yep. Uh, lastly, coming out, Pain and Gain. Mark Wahlberg, The Rock. And uh.
2: I yeah. can't decide if I want to see it or if it's you want to. <laughs> you know, I have a. I, <laughs> he is so buff in that movie; it's like scary. Well, the,
1: the, and that the, they're like the prison, no, they're workout they're former, guys, former yeah. Prison guys. The workout guys who who form a heist to
3: get money. You know, no, right. I'm, I'm going to go off on a little rant about this movie, and I don't do this often. Never. People who know me know that, but but this movie is is based on actual events, right? And it uh, doesn't say based on a true story. It says a true a story. a true story. Like, That's part uh, of the, it. And, it, and it's based on events that happened in Miami, and somewhat and a little bit. Orlando uh, where we're recording from and it's a I read it it's a tragic story and I I just wouldn't I don't think Michael Bay maybe is the person to handle this (laughs) story (laughs) (laughs) if he brings his usual tact and sensitivity to it then I would be if I was one of the the family members of somebody who was hurt by this and I won't go it's a very long story so I won't recount it here but but it made me a little it made me wonder if this is the right if he was the right hand
6: to mm-hmm. tell this
3: and sometimes maybe the the producers of the film will say we know you wrote it this way but we're going to take it this direction uh, I'm just not I'm not sure I'm not sure about this one but maybe Michael Bay will surprise us all the previews certainly don't suggest that it's a terribly um, even-handed
0: or sober-minded tale. And if there's one thing about Michael Bay, it's that he knows <laughs> he knows how to surprise us. He can do he can do yeah, awesome full surprises.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Never see that I, guy the, come in. The two S's, surprises <laughs> and subtlety. That's
1: what I'm talking about. Bay. So, yep. um, Pain and Gain coming out yeah, next how next how did Friday. We get there? <laughs> yeah.
4: Sorry.
6: Michael, Michael Bay, Michael Bay. Michael, oh, Michael
0: Bay. Bay, connecting us all. Seven, of seven layers of Michael Bay. Purveyor of art. Yeah.
1: All right, that'll do it for Entertainment Releases. Stay tuned up next slices.
0: This podcast is sponsored in part by creationswap.com. CreationSwap has thousands of high-quality free graphics, logos, videos and more, shared freely or sold by designers and video producers from around the world, used by thousands of churches and designers worldwide. CreationSwap is a powerful media resource website for the church. You can start downloading free church media files today only at creationswap.com.
1: You're listening to the thermals, the song is The Sunset from the new album. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Citizens the song is Made Alive from the new album. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse?
4: Alright, so I I'm gonna concede that, you know, I had that big rant about how lame I think it would be to go to space, partly because I get car sick, but <laughs> but, but I'm gonna concede that maybe I'm wrong because of the news I'm about to tell you. There is a a Netherlands-based organization called Mars One that is going to be embarking on a $6 billion mission to put a human colony on the planet Mars by the year uh, 2023. It's a private organization. Wow. We better get going. Well, what they're doing is they've decided to take a unique approach to financing this $6 billion mission they are going to make it a reality show. Ooh. This week, they opened up the application process really? where people can start applying to be one of 24 people that are going to be part of this mission to Mars. Uh, so far, in the last couple of days, they've got 10,000 applications that they're going to go through. They're going to go through more, and there's going to be an, a, a vote of who the 24 will be. You'll follow these people as part of a TV show, and when the time comes to launch the mission... Uh, The whole thing will be filmed, including the colonization. There's only one catch, though. It's a one-way trip.
2: What? You never come back?
4: You never come back. You're there forever. They have no plan of bringing these people back. They might bring more people to the colony, (gasps) but they're not bringing colonists back home. And one of the guys that, that runs the organization was being interviewed, and they said, do you think it's realistic that you can actually raise $6 billion by a TV show? And he argued, think about how many people watch the moon landing. And think about how much money like the Super Bowl makes. He said, if I had an extended series of people actually living on Mars that's making history every day, he realistically thinks he can make the money to finance it through making by making it a reality show. It's sort of a nexus of technology. Pop culture and entrepreneurism coming together.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb here. Wow, this is not going to happen.
4: Well, it, it's it, this organization is backed by has some uh, NASA uh, folks for consultants to be, for this mission. They're acting pretty serious about it, and uh, like I said, they've already started an application process, and they're hoping that they can get this kicked off the ground within the next ten years.
3: What are they? What are these people going
1: to eat and well, that's the whole thing. It's the biodome. Didn't you see the Pauly movie? Yeah. I did.
4: I mean, I've, of course I did. So you mean a Stephen Baldwin film? <laughs>
3: yeah. that's. That, it's easy to do a biodome. And is it, yeah. and I assume that the show will then go on hiatus for the however many years it takes to get from Earth to Mars. Not years, months.
4: Well, that, that could be part of the show too. I mean, think about it. People watch shows like Big Brother where it's just people stuck in a house. Why not translate that to people on a spaceship making a few hundred thousand mile journey? The other thing is, they, they're not making this only open to astronauts where you know you might, they might have limited personalities. They want to get a variety of different personalities to see how they're going to interact. Part of the stipulations are you just have to be 18 years of old, have to have a deep sense of purpose, willingness to build and maintain healthy relationship, and the capacity for self-reflection and the ability to trust. So wow. you don't even need a, a science degree. You just have to be 18 and be willing to do this crazy experiment, never come home.
1: So, if you dropped your college <laughs> math class, you could still go. That's
4: what we're saying. If if you flunked math in society, there's still hope. Oh, so I don't know my if, you, if you flunked in math in
1: society, I don't think you're a functioning adult. <laughs> so we're saying ten years. So we're saying if they're eight, if they're eighteen, they'll be twenty eight then. Right. So it basically, says you can't in the next ten years life get married,
3: or she would have to come here. She would have to come with you.
1: You, you can't have, have kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're making a lot of sacrifices.
4: Yeah, I mean, it is. But there's obviously uh, a lot of people that'd be willing to do it.
1: That that's what's of crazy to me is be. like they'd all have to be really. I mean, loners. If you don't want to be married or have children or anything like that, like
3: or just that that need for greatness, that desire to be uh <laughs> you, you would be you'd be the first person to step foot on Mars forever.
4: You you'd be remembered forever. It's yeah. you got. I mean, you think of it like the the explorers that you know shipped out from. Europe to, sure. to come to to this the new world. Is, this is
3: not
1: new to humanity. How many people are they looking for? Twenty-four. They, you're not going to be remembered. There's too many names to remember.
4: <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, that's just you'll not, be on a plaque. Somewhere. You be the first person. On if you do planet. something crazy on the reality show, you will.
1: Yeah, that's true, right? But names twenty-four <laughs> pioneering astronauts. There are twenty-four pioneering astronauts. We know two names. Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong.
3: If they could find people to go from Europe to the New World, well over 24 people, you can find people that want to go to Mars.
1: But Europe to the New World, it was more... I mean, other than Christopher Columbus, who was an explorer, it was a mission, and he was going to come back from it. That was the plan. But if you're talking about like the early colonists who came over, families came over. So you didn't have to choose, I will never get married, I'll never have children. It was just, I'm going to live somewhere else for religious freedom. See,
3: now in Pocahontas, when John Smith goes <laughs> over, it's really just that thirst for adventure and excitement that oh, takes Sure, there, there would have
1: been some male adventurers, but I mean, how many... <laughs> they didn't colonize. They went, and then there was always they the possibility of going home. Yeah, so they they it, mean, John women?
3: Smith made it pretty clear he was just into it for the adventure. He there's, sung, there was there's a, a whole, there's a whole song about it. <laughs> How's it
5: going? I don't know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but, but like I said, I think the other interesting aspect is, you you're you right, we can only name two astronauts, but a lot of people can name every member of the cast of Jersey Shore That's true. or know numerous people who have been on the show Survivor. That's it's true. because we have this attachment to reality television that w- when you combine it with something like this, yeah, these people will no longer be on Earth with their families, but their legacies will... Not just live on for a long time historically, they'll be on every night in primetime.
1: the world has I think too short of an attention span for this to I mean I think within you know like I said, we'll be interested in the first couple of years like but like any series it, it will at some point run its course and there's it just won't make economic sense for us for a station to keep airing it in quote unquote prime time. And then what? Then what? Then you're trapped up there and nobody's paying attention to you? I mean...
4: Well, 10,000 people are, are at least willing to throw their hat in the ring. Crazy. I'm not wow. saying I would. And it is crazy. But I think that's what makes make it interesting. I think it's also a comment, like you're saying, uh, just about human nature. There's that many people willingness to give up that much in their life, you know?
1: All right, point made. Okay. What do you have, Maya? <laughs>
2: Whatever. Um, I can't decide if I talk about a baking of a cake or a naked man who's wandering the street. Is ding, it the guy ding, who ding. quit with the cake? Yeah. Okay,
1: go with the naked man.
2: (laughs) 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 Okay, so actually, of course, this happened in Florida. And it didn't happen in South Florida, guys. It happened in Altamont Springs, which is just a... Still, what? still florida that's the orlando metro just, area just, yeah. just down the road just, just a few minutes a cl- that's
1: the mall that i go to yeah, that's
2: might like as, a couple
3: yeah. exits away might yeah. as well be across the across the street from when the jesse house. interned with us that's where he lived
2: he did live in altamont okay. didn't you
4: it, there's a likelihood that it's one of my neighbors
5: <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: there were some odd characters in
5: that
2: it happened in months. villa del mar
1: here we go <laughs> i'm kind of scared now what happened <laughs>
2: There, uh, there's a man that recently um, that decided he wanted to uh, go for a jog around his neighborhood, mm-hmm. but he didn't have any pants on. Mm-hmm. And so he was just roaming around naked. Mm-hmm. And apparently it wasn't super late because there were still children around. Oh my! Oof. And um, eventually people called 911. They gave the the description or they put the phone call on here and it's uh they said okay what's going on so there's someone walking around without his underwear okay it looks like he's on drugs or something um one neighbor said he was jogging on the sidewalk naked another man said he spotted him lounging on an electrical transformer without his pants
4: (laughs) that's not a good idea
1: no and then
2: here's the worst
4: maybe it's chilly
2: (laughs) when the police arrived he was sitting on an air conditioning unit wearing just a t-shirt Wow. He was
1: sitting on an conditioner,
3: so he just kept yeah. moving around yeah perching
2: he told the, he told the cops that he was taking pictures and sightseeing even though he lives in that neighborhood selfie <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's giving people sights <laughs> he's giving people sights too see was he on, was he on drugs
2: <laughs> they, he said that he had two dr- or two beers and that was it and he just wanted to take some pictures of his neighborhood.
0: <laughs> some people can't hold two their beers. Liquor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were really
3: strong beers. So. <laughs> it was four yeah. locos. Yeah. He had yeah. two four locos. Sure, it was yeah.
4: having lived in that neighborhood. It's not surprising. I had a neighbor. Uh, <laughs> There's some odd cats back there. <laughs> this guy would make homemade salsa, and I was, ha- I was eating it one time with him. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa,
5: whoa, whoa. You so, just, jumped uh, you, you just, you just <laughs> This is
4: like That's a, a man
1: who has candy driving a van and offering you to partake <laughs> with something.
4: He lived like down the hall. I'm not going to be rude. If hey. he's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, you know, come. Nice some, to meet you. Come on over. You okay. hey, he take the first bite. Got a little more salsa. <laughs> anyway, he grew the peppers behind the apartment covers. <laughs> and it wasn't like a private garden. He just like grew them in the bushes. <laughs> I promise that's true. And the same guy one time. He may have had more than two beers this evening. That we were trying to move a couch up. To our apartment, and there was no, we couldn't fit it up the stairs. So we had this elaborate like rope, uh, uh, you know, deal that we're trying to like pull it up the fire escape. And he insisted on helping, and insisted on doing all the work himself. And flew into the a blind rage in the couch, and and for for about an hour and a half was single handedly trying to lift the couch over the rails with the ropes until eventually he just went home, got tired and went home. An
2: hour
5: Oh and my goodness. Half.
4: Yeah, he was, the guy was, I think he was a maniac.
5: (laughs) (laughs) It's quite possible the same individual.
4: Wow.
1: So these people called the cops on the the roaming selfie picture taker? Yes. I, I this week, have also found myself calling the cops one night. Oh, I thought Uh, you were (laughs) going to say. I was was worried. Running around the neighborhood without (laughs) any (laughs) pants
3: on. I understand the desire.
2: That's right. Oh, for sure. (laughs) This happened. What'd you call the cops on? What do you think?
0: Oh,
3: there, I oh. know. What do you Hoodman? think?
0: Hoodman.
2: He can't let, Last he week, can't let a little couple teenagers Hoodman. have oh, a wake-up session. Oh, wait. Hold on. Again. You Not told, told me about there this. Is,
1: there is a problem where teenagers choose to park directly in front of our front door and and do
0: dirty things. And <laughs> <laughs> <Like laughs> you live on a long street, they could park anywhere on that street. Anywhere. It's anywhere. like we're
1: in a cul-de-sac.
0: Right. We are midstream wait, on wait, the street. wait,
1: wait. You're
0: calling the
1: police? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs>
5: yes, on Tyler. kids kissing. Here's the deal.
1: Here's the deal. So like something <laughs> stopped working in the house. I'm like, I'm gonna go check the uh the the box. You know, it's yeah. like late. It's like you know, one AM. Go out the front door, flip the light, you know, flip the porch lights on, walk out walk around the side of the house. And as I'm walking back, I notice there's a car parked on, you know, directly like under our tree in front of our front in yard. And then and I looked and there was an another car across on the other side of the street, you know, about 15 feet down. Which isn't terribly
3: across. uncommon. You're right across from a park. So it's people... 1 a.m. On well, it's a, 1 a.m. On okay. a weekend. Okay, it's 1 a.m. It's like okay. Wednesday
1: night. So I went back up to my porch, and I, the porch lights were on. I stop, and I'm staring at that car directly in front of me you know and the and there's a uh, the um, kid um, uh, you know male uh, sitting in the driver's seat trying to sit as far back as possible like to blend into the seat okay I kind of <laughs> giving him the oh my I see you right.
3: go home right. okay you're positive that you're that your gaze communicated i want you to go home because i'm not sure that as a teenager i would have 1 a.m
4: what, what would you interpret it as there's a weird man looking at me mm-hmm. <laughs> so
1: so i go inside so i go inside
2: i should call the cops Maya, <laughs> my Maya, Maya was going Hello, to bed officer. or <laughs> my
1: Maya, Maya had gone to bed and i went and told her i was like hey there's teenagers out there doing stuff again you know so i turn on the dining room lights which is right in the front of the house and i stand in the window you know, creating the shadow, right. the backlit shadow mm. I'm watching. I stand there for probably twenty minutes.
4: They're just daring you.
5: Hormones. Yeah, right. At
1: that point now, now this is a battle of wills. It's your will versus their hormones. And right.
4: That's a that's a lost cause.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I actually wanted to screw with them and scare them. So I called the cops.
4: <laughs> you just wanted to screw with you... them and scare them. So I called the
5: police.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so the, but I saw what the police did other times that they've come and chased away the fornicating teenagers. The, the cops get a kick out of scare and the crap sure. out of them well, too. Yeah. So I, call, I, have, I have the non-emergency telephone number for the Orlando Police Department on my phone. One, of his,
5: one
2: of his favorites. So I, so I
1: called, you know, this call is being recorded. How, how may I help you? And I'm like, all right, here's the thing. Teenagers like making out in front of my house. It's 2:40 in the morning. They're still there. They've been here for almost two hours. I keep trying to give them signals to get the heck out of in front of my house. They won't do it. Will you come scare them? She was, goes.
2: She goes. Cameron, come on. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I
5: said, will you come?
1: I seriously, it's like, will you come scare them? Will you come? Just send a cop by, shine a spotlight in there, and the guy. It was a guy, and he goes uh sure uh sir um have you seen any weapons <laughs> no i haven't seen any weapons seriously they're just making out in front of my house just go a, just come tell them to go home and he's like okay we'll send a cop whatever and so i'm you know i'm i'm on the phone i really called and and i hear goom, goom. and they 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 had they had scattered and they oh. drove off and then i had to call the cops back and i was like but a, but another person woke yeah. answered and i was like hey I, I just called about some fornicating teenagers and uh, and they're sending a a cop out to my house and I just, um, they left. So if you could cancel that.
3: I can remember, well, I'm not sure I can tell that story on the podcast. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I
5: I
1: I I took a picture of, you know, me peering through the blinds of this, you know, Volkswagen Beetle and the kids fornicating. And uh, and I post it. I'm like, why, you know? And like everybody was like, "You get him, Hoodman."
4: You know what? You know what you should have done. You should have kept color from that color run and just gone black.
1: <laughs> well, that's actually what what the post turned into, both on Facebook and Instagram. People recommending things I should do to screw with the oh, teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I woke up the next morning with, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of, <laughs> of suggestions. Do
4: you still have that ape suit?
3: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. A
4: costume. We do have of some it kind. here in the office.
1: Yeah, somebody said put on that that uh, that monkey head mm-hmm. and uh, got that gorilla head and go out there. <laughs> I'll
4: tell you, idea. that
3: would that would ruin the mood. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Yo, we're done we're out
1: of here <laughs> years ago we had that backyard slingshot where is it was right. that three person slingshot and we would lob water balloons over the house into the playground and into the park at the fornicating teenagers who were there after the park was supposed to be closed good idea but they didn't know where it was coming from <laughs> they just, there were uh-huh. there were water balloons coming from the dark sky that's so <laughs> see, but, that's good but i had to have two two people to help me maya won't help me so yeah. no well, tyler and i are normally up at 215 but if, if you come over then the, they're going to see you know you're going you to have go to the park back. next to them yeah, you go the back way you're yeah. yeah. come down the alley. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of ways we to.
3: We can make it happen. <laughs> It'd be worth it. Okay, next Makes time. Next time, covert. I'm yeah. your new. I'm your new non-emergency All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, it's one o'clock.
2: They're here. The
1: fornicating kids are back.
4: I'll get my costume. <laughs> I was like, I- I'm recording this call.
3: <laughs> seen.
1: Have you seen any weapons? Oh, okay, no? I'm on my way.
3: Yeah. Huckabee Hotline, what's your non-emergency?
5: <laughs> if are, you're, if your there... phone
1: rings and my phone number at 1 a.m., you have to answer it. Huckabee Hotline, what's your non-emergency? <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: okay, What do you,
3: uh, Slices, what do you have, Tyler? Oh, yeah, we're, we're still on Slices. So, well, I found uh, this story. This actually took place in uh, in Saudi Arabia, where there was a, uh, where they wh- don't have any fornicating, where teenagers. they don't, where that is certainly not permitted. Um, the police will
4: definitely come.
3: <laughs> and th- this is actually vaguely related. Uh, there's a culture festival <laughs> in Saudi Arabia, and three three men from uh, the United Arab Emirates okay. attended and were all forcibly removed from the festival because the security there found. Found them to be too handsome.
2: What? And they
3: were concerned that the women at the festival <gasps>
4: might fall for them. You know what? I, I, I'll tell you this I was having a great time too. <laughs> They're like, you're out of here, buddy. You're
5: out of here, good looking. Uh, the, to to, to quote
3: the newspaper, a festival official said the three Emirates, Emiratis, I believe it is, were taken out on the grounds that they are too handsome and that Ooh. the commission members feared female visitors could fall for them. That's amazing. And I don't know how I don't know what the standard is or if there's like a critical Are, th- mass. Of was there a picture? Was there a there's picture? There's no picture. There's no Unfortunately, there's no picture. Yeah. I looked. Mugshot. Not for myself, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but just to see what it would look like.
1: Uh, that's crazy. I mean, I know over there, you know, they have very Sure, there's standards there's some there's some and standards. Women.
3: Uh, and uh,
1: women can't drive things like i mean, terrible. I'll
4: just say from experience, you know, having these kind of looks, it it's a burden. It, uh, <laughs> it, <is.
3: laughs> the, it, it turns out that the that the men were then deported
4: what? back to the country. Were actually no! sent, sent out
3: of the country.
1: Wow. Just in case, I suppose. That's too just far. In case. Just, in case.
3: just in case?
4: Just in case their handsomeness was, is, it, is, it, it, is that great. That they're going to actually...
3: So
1: irresistible. Wait, okay. I have they, to see a
2: picture of these people. Wouldn't Come they
1: want to keep them in their country to to like, like a prize horse or something? You want to breed it. Yeah, you've got them.
2: Yeah. We, you, How did
1: they not do get? Sa-
4: How did they not get like screened at the airport? Well, what if your job was that guy at the airport, like when people come off playing play, like you're good, you're whoa, good, <laughs> too <laughs> darn handsome.
2: I, I googled handsome men deported, in this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I think those are the guys. <laughs> Uh, Maya has found a picture of three. Yeah. very handsome. Yeah, men. We will not post on the <laughs> podcast episode page. Uh, they
1: would be the error version of Chippendales. Is oh what my they goodness! Found. They
3: look a little bit like a little bit like three extras.
1: I from would Conan understand the why they would
2: make those guys <laughs> leave if they were just like that.
3: <laughs> it's a it's a relatable problem, I think for for many of us. I'm sure many of our listeners, the the those of you who I have seen are are very handsome. Um, so I just thought it'd be nice to have a slice. Yeah, we G, do why a lot did you of, pick this slice? We do Tyler. a lot of wacky stuff and I wanted something that we could all sort of bring us all down to earth because well, who hasn't
4: been there? <laughs> <laughs> something relatable, you know, Always handsome getting men getting harassed. Who, like, hasn't, yeah. who
3: hasn't looked around a, around a room at a party and thought? I hope I don't get kicked
4: out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Dang, I'm the most handsome one again. I'm, I'm getting kicked out any exponentially moment.
3: Exponentially more handsome than everybody else here right now. I mean, this isn't even close to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Michael Gunger. Hey, you subscribe to Relevant? You should. The May issue features Phoenix on the cover and some amazing content. Uh, John Foreman's in the issue. Judah Smith's in the issue. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff. If you head over to relevantmagazine.com right now, you can subscribe and get it. And when you do subscribe, you'll get instant access to all the magazine content and archives on the website. Uh, You get free unlimited access to our iPad edition. And of course, you'll get six print issues in the magazine mailed to you every other month. We'd love the support. We think you'll like the magazine. Head over to relevantmagazine.com slash
2: subscribe.
5: You're
1: listening to Ya Ya Ya's, the song is Slave. Michael Gunger leads the multiple Grammy-nominated liturgical post-rock band Gunger, along with his wife, Lisa. The band's released a handful of albums, uh, most notably 2010's Beautiful Things, 2011's Ghosts Upon the Earth, and last year's live album, A Creation Liturgy. The band just, like this week, re- uh, finished recording their next album, and uh, I recently talked to them about it. Here's part of that conversation with Michael Gunger. So you guys just got out of the studio recording your next album. Uh, you were locked in a pretty awesome location, according to Instagram. Uh, tell me about it. What was recording like?
7: It's kind of like out in the Wild West a little bit. It was out of this studio in El Paso that literally bordered Mexico. So apparently like two miles from one of the most dangerous cities in the world. All the cartel people and stuff. was it was wild, man. It was like desert, Mexico, Wild West, and that definitely made its... Uh, made its mark on the recording, I think. You can kind of feel that in the recording. I can, anyway. H-
1: how long were you guys there?
7: We were there for a few weeks.
1: Is that normal? I mean, you guys yeah. locked yourself into an isolated location for a few weeks on past albums, too?
7: I have, personally. This is the longest I've had others with me. Normally, for me, like, there's kind of... I, I normally have three ph- phases of a record. There's kind of this demo phase, like, kind of putting everything together in my own head and then uh, bringing it to a group of people, and then we kind of—that's the—that's the studio. That's what this phase was um, to see just what, what they can bring to it, what, what can change about it, and then, and then I take it for the final phase back again to my, my own little, garage studio and uh, finalize everything and see what's working.
1: it's interesting because your music is so layered, and and beautiful. Like I've always wondered how you guys wrote. You know, some bands just four people get in a room and they write together, but well with your stuff, it's interesting. You in isolation will kind of dream up the vision for the song, right, and write the core of it. From what I'm hearing, and and then bring it to the rest of the the team to see what they add to it. Is that right?
7: Yeah. So yeah. So no. I mean, there are times the song itself will change in that phase too when everyone's part of it. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, especially this time, my demos were pretty developed. Hmm. Um, so you know, I mean, I have, I have. Software instruments on there, like I'm thinking drums are doing this kind of thing. So, you know, even if they don't bring anything, it's pretty roughed in. Uh, but generally, you know, especially this time, the team we hired to, to come into the studio was just a diverse mix of uh, tastes and abilities that brought a really beautiful synergy that, that I couldn't have done myself. So I'm, I'm really excited about uh, the collaborative results of this one so far.
1: Okay, so for fans of your last couple albums, i got to ask, other than, you know, the cartel influence, what, <laughs> how's this one different? What can we look forward to?
7: Well, you know, I mean, I feel like every Gunger album has been pretty different from the last one. Um, and this one is stays is, is true to that tradition. Um, we delve into, you know, it's still eclectic. There's still a variety of styles. I, I do feel like we've kind of found... Uh, a new, I don't know when I say the like there is a, there's a bit of like spaghetti western flair huh. in there now and then. Um, and there's a little bit more electronic stuff than we've ever done before. Um, and it's more stripped down production wise. Like I'm, I'm just trying to cut out every single thing that's not totally necessary. It's definitely different. There's, there's still some you know, I think it's still Dunger. Um, but we've really opened the box as far as what we're writing about, you know, the last album, the last album was a concept album, so it was pretty dialed in theme-wise. Like we knew what we, what we needed to be writing about, we kind of all the songs were going in that direction. This, with this being kind of writing about anything and everything, um, that's opened up some new possibilities that we haven't uh, explored before, especially lyrically. I'm, I'm pretty excited about some of the lyric places that we were able to explore on this one. Um, yeah, it's different, but hopefully, uh, you know, it's still us, so <laughs> still still, the Gungor vein is in there somewhere.
1: Okay, I got to ask. Do you consider Gunger a worship band?
7: No, I mean, depends how you define that, I mean, if, if worship is, you know, kind of, which to me, I, I like the idea of worship, being this kind of open-handedness, this kind of opening of the heart and soul. Um, and if that's the case, then yes, for us it is that. And, but it's not a, uh, congregational worship in the, in the typical sense album by any means. And, uh, I mean, there there are certainly spiritual themes on it and stuff And, and that we've done, we have in the past written songs that are, that are designed for that. And we actually have, uh, we're starting a new, we're, I'm going back and we're finishing this and then I'm kind of getting going on this other album as well. <laughs> that's, that's actually, cause part of the problem with this album, we had so many songs, we didn't know what to do with.
5: Hmm.
7: Um, and we found kind of a divide because we, and we have still been writing songs that are more congregational, you know, intended for liturgical space. Um, but for some reason, they just didn't weren't fitting very well on the flow of this album. Even though I really like some of the songs, uh, so we we're, we're I've had this kind of idea brewing for years about you know I've always had kind of this angst about because we have written in and out of that do you want to call it genre or whatever. Um, there's there's kind of this tension of I mean worship is, is supposed to be kind of not about me, right? I mean, it's supposed to be like about this community of people expressing themselves to the divine and, um, and about prayer and, and not necessarily about this one person or artist or this stage. There's always been that kind of angst between we're an artist, which is inherently about us on some level, you know, trying to become more visible. So, you know, it's like, uh, there's a tension there. So this, this project, I'm really trying to kind of tap into some of the idealism that I have about what worship should be. Um, and so we're going to call the project, the liturgists and it's us doing it, but it's, uh, we're not going to put like the liturgists will never promote anybody. We're not going to put, I don't want to put any names on the credits. Um, the the shows aren't going to be like typical shows. They're going to be more, I want to put together like an actual liturgy, um, utilizing different elements of, uh, you know, I I, I think I'd like, we'd like to take communion together. I'd like some poetry and speaking and and different things it will be lit and, and produced in a way that's not uh, drawing attention to the stage so much. I I think I'd like to have like maybe a big scrim up in front of us or something. Basically you're not looking at us. You're kind of in this moment together, all of us together engaged in this liturgy together. Um, the liturgists aren't going to sign, Autographs afterwards. It's not, it's, it's not about the artist at all. And I'm, I actually try. I've been talking to different artists, uh, some of whom you know, that I'd like to get involved in some of it, um, either on the record. And if we do more records for sure, uh, the future. We're kind of the ideas we're, we're seeking to become less and less, you know, visible as people in it, and more. It's about the actual work and the. And the um, and the liturgy of it. So, uh, and and then when we do litigious events, I think we'd like to do them in cathedrals and different places, and, and bring in some other some other names that we won't say their names, but might recognize them if you hear them. <laughs> and and uh, really, kind of explore that other because so, we write both things. I I I love both both aspects of you know kind of liturgical space intended for communal singing and this kind of community expression. And then art, it's just art expression, which is what Gunger has been, uh, to me, even the liturgical songs we've written in the past have been primarily from the place of an artist. Uh, so we're continuing to develop, develop our artist side and the things that we're doing on that, but then uh, still finding, trying to find a little place for the, the specifically liturgical songs
1: that we're doing. Did you feel in the last albums that tension? Uh, between, you know, that some of the songs you ended up writing are congregational songs that could be sung and then so much of the albums aren't? Did you feel like people wanted you to veer one way or the other? Did you write songs that you intended to be congregational or did they just kind of happen that way? Uh, I mean, it sounds like you said you guys kind of have danced in both places. You can hear that on the old albums. And it's, it's interesting to me that you're kind of acknowledging it and maybe dividing it in this approach. But was that... Something that was a conscious tension for you guys on the last albums?
7: Yeah, it's definitely a tension, and you definitely have the the you know the draw from the industry and and different fans. Different fans want different things. You know, there different people that love us for different reasons. Um, i really tried in the making of the music to shut out as much of that as possible. Um, I'm I'm trying not to just make the music based on what people want to hear. Um, but really just what's we've been writing just what's in us, you know, what's, what's, and, and, and over the last both Gunger albums, um, that's really been what we have done. And so we're just trying to stay, stay true to that kind of, uh, direction that it's even, even when we were writing those early, uh, really beautiful things had more congregational stuff on it It's still was very personal for us. Uh, there's sometimes that we'll write if we write for the church, it's, it's, it's never really for the faceless, nameless big C church. It's really for bloom, our, our church in Colorado. And it's because this is what we are going through with our community and family. This is what I feel like we need to be singing about together. Um, so it's still kind of a personal, Still feels very personal because we're writing for our personal community, um, and not just this you know vague. What should we the church be singing about right now? That's harder for me to have any idea about. Um, but I, I know what we're going through, you know, and I know what what I want to sing on Sunday night with our with our family.
1: I think this twist with the liturgist and, and separating it from Gunger is so interesting because when I've seen you guys perform over the years, I always wondered you know knowing you and your approach to art and experience and artistry i always wondered when the part of the show came that was more of a congregational song and it was a familiar song a song that churches all over the country adopted and sang and was known you know i'm at a gunger show and you are performers and and you have an artistry to the experience and then you know you're singing a song that veers more congregational i always wondered if you felt a tension between performing And worshiping it sounds like you did because you're splitting it and making them two very different types of artistic experiences
7: yeah and to me there's i mean that's why i feel uncomfortable with the term worship because to me performing can be worship it's just different you know like when i'm at when i'm at church when i'm at bloom i'm never gonna just most likely never going to just rip and do a guitar solo or start doing some crazy thing that you know like this doesn't belong there yeah, to you me. could I'm just, I'm at
1: you certain, could if people could. have heard you, you know at it, you could at <laughs> any point in any song you could just start shredding <laughs> I mean if,
7: if, if I get bored and distracted, there's a good chance it might happen but <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean i don't to me I'm, I'm in a different headspace than that in the when I'm at church leading worship it's not my time to shine. That's like, it's not my time to express everything I want to express right now. This is me. This is my time to just serve what's going on with the community and and give them voice to sing what they need to sing. And and when Gunger started, uh, when we changed the name to Gunger, that was a shift to me of, of taking what is in me more seriously as in not, not less worshipful by any means, but that, that maybe I am who I am for a reason that maybe I should pay attention to not just becoming kind of this generic, uh, and not in a necessarily a negative Is that, you know, but generic as in wherever I am, just kind of serving whatever's happening in that room. If that's all that I'm doing, I, I am ignoring pieces of me that might not have place in that congregational space, but that to me merit, expression nonetheless. So I, you know, I just, uh, it's interesting with this, it's split. I, we've had a couple of people that have misunderstood the split because it, it's not a split between worship and not worship or sacred and non-sacred or Christian and non-Christian. It's, that's not how the split works to me. In fact, we've talked about doing Gunger might record a couple of the same songs with the liturgists. But when I'm in the Gunger headspace, I would record it differently than I would with The Liturgist.
5: Huh.
7: Um, so we have this song, Vapor, for instance. It's very worshipful, very congregational, and I'm trying to make it work on the Gunger album. But if we do that, it would be, like, for the song, when I record it with Gunger, I'd be, I'd be accentuating kind of artistic elements of the song that, to me, speak. Whereas yeah. if we did it, produced it for The Liturgist, I'd be producing it more for how can we engage in this together effectively, as a community. Um, It's just a subtle difference. but It has nothing to do with sacred or secular or worship or not worship. It's it's really more liturgical is is, is the best word I can use to think of it, this this we space, where it's not about me expressing what's in my heart as much primarily as us expressing something together.
1: I think it's interesting. There's like a shift. I've I've seen in the last year or two of bands that are emerging and they're creating music that is vertically lyriced, worshipful songs, or they're getting old hymns and they're reinventing them. But, but there's also this artistry. Young Oceans comes to mind. Uh, Page CXVI comes to mind. Kai Kai comes to mind. There's others, but there seems to be a Renaissance saying worship doesn't have to sound a certain way. I'm not even talking about the lifestyle worship and the broader definition of living a worshipful life. I'm talking about like a song you can sing along to, But even just the music and the artistry and stuff is just going to this place. And they're kind of like, like you're saying, it's not about them. Like the entire experience is just very different than the megachurch thing we've all gotten used to. It's refreshing.
7: Well, I mean, writing songs for the church has been a legitimate art form for centuries. I mean, back to the great composers. They were always, you'd have them write a sonata, and then they'd write a mass. You know, they'd write... uh, Songs and and pieces of music for the church is a legitimate artistic expression, and there's been kind of this cultural taboo of it uh, in the last century. I think that uh, you know, real people have really split the sacred and the secular more so than ever before. Um, and there's this kind of fear. You know, I was, you know, I was talking to a mainstream producer uh, a little while ago, and, and they're saying, you know, just people like. You know, faith can just be you know keep that a personal thing. It's like well, but wait, shouldn't shouldn't sex be a personal thing? And shouldn't I mean, who? What every every artist sings about personal things. Like right. that's what that's, that's what we're all doing. Like we're singing about our personhood. And so, uh, to me, like eliminating this personal, the the most personal, like the the most intimate, deepest beliefs and fears and doubts and prayers. There's what? That, that to me is getting into the actual depth of a soul more than just, I mean, you know, we love the songs where you hear the singer songwriter think about what's happening in her soul and the guy breaks up with her and how deeply it hurts her. It's all, oh, you're being so personal and, and vulnerable and yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. But why can't we just, I want to hear art all across the board. Why well, you have to hide this one little specific part of your heart because because it has some words that some people find offensive, God, or, you know, like I don't, I don't get that. So I don't, I don't get the divide at all. Um, and that's where we've been on this album. We're just writing, uh, what's in the heart right. Cause to me. There's no division between what's sacred and what's secular. So sometimes that is kind of a prayer moment and sometimes that's about my wife, you know, like that. Sometimes it's about, uh, whatever. Like it's, if it's about life, it's sacred.
1: When do you think the uh, new album is going to release?
7: Uh, September. Wow. September
1: 3rd, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Uh, very precise. <laughs> like Normally bands are like, oh, I don't know, later this fall, but yeah, September 3rd. All right. That's awesome. Thanks for talking to us, man. We look forward to hearing the new music.
7: Thanks, Cameron.
1: That was Michael Gunger. Check out more at GungerMusic.com or follow them on Twitter at GungerMusic.
0: relevant podcast is sponsored in part by the Common English Bible, a translation to touch the heart and mind. Look up your favorite verse and learn more at CommonEnglishBible.com.
1: You're listening to Iron and Wine. The song is Grace for Sinners and Ramblers from their new album, Ghost on Ghost.
0: Not touching it. Not gonna it
2: think. has nothing nope. to do with my front yard. It's not touching it. It's not going to say anything about it. It's a
0: good album. <laughs> All right. You did that on purpose, it's, didn't it's, you? It's, <laughs> yep. I just had a feeling Cameron's going to talk about fornicating teenagers <laughs> this week to start throwing iron and wine at them. <laughs> That'd get them that one. No, the wine's probably the would, wine would probably
1: would probably contributed to, to the situation. Is, that's
0: the problem. But, but the iron
1: is trying
4: to frame them. Like when the cops come, you reek of wine, teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> that guy threw it at me. That maniac in that house. That handsome man threw wine all over me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right, brother recommends. What do you have, Tyler? Um, the movie I, I saw over the weekend was, uh, I saw that 42 movie, the Jackie Robinson biopic. Did you like it? With yeah. her, you know, it was really, really good. I did not think that I would like it. I went, I was dragged there by a family. I was at a family reunion. And it ended up being one of those, I, th- I think I, I can take about one inspiring sports story a year. <laughs> and and this was my one. And it was actually a really good, I picked a good one. Because if you're a fan of those, and, and I think everybody has a certain level of tolerance for a really good uh, sort of Cinderella story but uh, involving sports the national pastime and uh, this was mine and, and I, w- I walked away with a smile on my face uh, but this one it definitely has a, a very feel good a strong feel good vibe so and that does it give you maybe a deeper picture of who Jackie Robinson was probably not because that wasn't what it was trying to do it was trying to inspire and it did that
1: mm. and so you like it I would yeah would I mean, you put it here's the I'd comparable non-sports Ray kay. the movie Ray about Ray Charles right similar era mm-hmm. racial mm-hmm. overtones Struggle. What would it be comparable uh, as good of a movie? Pro- probably. Let's okay.
3: let's say not. Um. Let's say it probably wasn't as. Uh, I mean, you're not going for incredible acting, and Ray. I thought you know, What, what, what okay. lasted with okay, Ray we're... was Jamie Fox's. Okay, character. remember the Titans. Then. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say I'll say remember the Titans. Wow, let's do remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Let's okay. remember the Titans, or maybe. uh I thought it was better than what was the one with Matthew McConaughey? That football, the high school. Uh, we, are we are Marshall. We are Marshall. I liked it better than We Are Marshall. Yeah. Which wasn't a, st- a great movie. I, every time uh, for the last
1: 10 years that I've, I've mentioned the Titans movie to, to Maya or in a conversation, I always find myself calling it Revenge of the Titans. Which <laughs> would be a very <laughs> I mean, different movie. Which isn't movie. really the great movie. <laughs> that's, the, yeah.
3: that's the sequel, I think. The yeah. lesser known sequel. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, I, but and as somebody who I don't watch a lot of baseball, I'm not a big baseball fan. I, I know only the, the broad strokes of Jackie Robinson's story. So it was good for somebody like me
0: to learn a lot more about him. Good. and Harrison Ford
5: he's well, we good. all like Harrison he's Ford, always good right? yeah. yeah it
0: was cool a couple days ago in the Major League Baseball season um, everybody on every team wore number 42 was oh, that right yeah. this yeah. last week all April 15th yeah it's Jackie oh, that's Robinson cool.
1: That's yeah. cool. What, what, what if there was this ball hit in this spot where like three different dudes ran at it and, and they all have their, their caps on and they're all number 42 who gets the error if they drop
5: it
0: jackie robinson yeah <laughs> uh, we, do, we, Unfo- are, we are we're
1: making unfortunately
4: it's credited to jackie robinson
1: Hall of fame stats get blemished
4: yeah because of jackie it was, robinson a, it was a, definitely an oversight of jackie robinson that's why he continues jackie robinson
1: shot or uh, hit hit you know one for seven his today. stats yeah. are still growing
4: every year it's yeah crazy. they're going down every year it's shocking it's only errors he gets credited with at this
0: point so so that was mine I'm I'm gonna go see it this weekend. I'm looking, and I am I am a huge baseball fan. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm but I'm looking forward to seeing it. So it's good. I'm glad you I'm glad you saw it. I think Maya and I are gonna go see it tonight. Cool. Okay. What do you got? Music. Uh, my recommend this week. There's a lot of music uh, that came out this last week. So I would encourage you to fire up your Spotify or RDO or the iTunes or whatever it is that you use yeah. um, and check out some of the new releases. But one that I've been really enjoying, and uh, we kind of joked about it last week because uh, Cameron thought it was Jesse J. It's not (laughs) Jesse J. It's a new album from Jesse Ware. It's called Devotion. She had a single, uh, an EP, come out here in the states about six months ago, and it kind of built some anticipation for this album. Um, And I saw her play and and thought she was phenomenal and loved her voice. She's got this smooth R and B style with like a little bit of pop in there, but her voice is just unbelievable. It's it's a great album, and I would uh, definitely encourage you to check out the new one from Jesse Ware. It's called Devotion. Here's a clip.
5: Uh,
4: my recommendation is a little bit different. It is actually a, a, a website. Uh, the URL is uh, the longform.org. and um, it's not probably won't have an appeal to everyone. But if you're into writing or if you're into long-form journalism, which in sort of the you know BuzzFeed era of media is is uh, uh, sadly not as prominent as it, as it once was. But what they the editors at Longform go around newspapers around the country. Uh, uh, different types of outlets and find the best in long-form journalism and post it. Uh, post links on their site, and it's not just uh, stories that are recent; it's also topical ones. So, Tyler, you had mentioned the the true story of the uh, of the gang that's featured in this new Mark Wahlberg film. Sure. Uh, right now, in long form, is a three-part investigative series that ra- that ran in the Miami New Times in oh, 1999. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when the, the one was I read. Still active,
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's where
4: I got the story. And uh, there's some other really interesting. There's a, a story on there right now from Forbes uh, that looks at the branding uh, of J. Crew and how they turned what they're calling the the brand into a cult. There is a story for actually that Keith Olbermann wrote that's running our MLB right now about uh, a f- infamous Jackie Robinson photo. All of the Pulitzer winners that were uh, recently announced are are available there, so it's a really cool website. Huh. If you're into journalism, if you're into news, and if you're just into finding great stories and really good writing, longform.org. It's it's updated regularly, and it's a, a great resource to, to find some some good reads that you can usually knock out in about a half hour.
1: Okay, cool, all good stuff. That'll do it for Relevant Recommends. Stay tuned. Up next, Kirsten Powers.
5: Oh, What's left to fail that the was your we'll
1: listening to night beds the song is 22 Kirsten Powers is a columnist and blogger whose articles have appeared in USA Today L. The New York Observer, Wall Street Journal, and Relevant. She's recently been making headlines as she's been overly critical of the media blackout regarding the murder trial of abortion doctor Kermit Gosnell. After the trial began on March 18th, it was only generating friends reporting, and Kirsten compiled all the sources together and made the cry that this story should be front page news. Gosnell, 72, if you hadn't heard, is accused of killing a patient and at least seven babies after they've been born alive along with performing illegal late-term abortions while running a dangerously outdated clinic staffed by untrained workers. Horrible, horrible story. She brought it to the national conversation. Our very own Stephanie Smith recently spoke to her. Here is Kirsten Powers.
6: I'll just start out by asking how... How did you discover this trial was taking place, and were you aware of when this story initially surfaced in 2011, or did you just discover it now as the proceedings were taking place?
8: Yeah, I knew about it when the news first broke, but that, you know, because I think it was covered a little bit in the mainstream media, um, but then I hadn't really heard anything about it, uh, or certainly not that the trial had started, and that all this sort of spectacular testimony was coming out of it right. and the only reason I heard about it is I have a friend who uh really is very pro-life and follows these issues closely and she had been sending me to articles and I, I was you know really behind in my email and I was sort of catching up cleaning up my email box and I came across these stories and I just thought this can't be Right, you know, I, I just—how could I not have heard about this? I mean, I consume an unbelievable amount of news sure. on a you know daily basis, and I mean, I hadn't even heard anybody talking about it. And so, I started looking into it, and you know, I immediately pitched to my editor at USA Today, uh, and he said, "Yeah, let's do it." And we ended up you know writing it that day, and it ran the next day.
6: Since your column, there have been many theories circulating about the reason behind what many are really calling out this media blackout on the case. Right. Do you have any thoughts on the reason mm-hmm. behind that? Well, I've
8: been really careful about not speculating about intent because I don't think you ever can say for sure why people do or do don't do things unless they tell you. Uh, and so there have been a um, Molly Hemingway, who, who's the blogger that really did a lot of good work on this. She actually went and asked the question. You know, mm-hmm. She asked the Washington Post reporter, health reporter, who what you know usually is covering everything abortion or reproductive rights related right you know so she covered the Susan G Coleman thing she covered the Todd Aiken comments
5: right. um,
8: you know all these different things and asked her why and and the reporter responded uh, well this is a local crime story I cover policy mm-hmm. so to me that just suggests some kind of bias you know I don't know why, you know, the same reporter who wrote about Dr. Tiller, the late-term abortion doctor who was gunned down, wrote stories about that murder, right. which, of course, was terrible, right? you know, um, but doesn't find eight people, you know, seven of them babies and one woman. Why that's a local crime story, but then Dr. Tiller isn't a local crime story, doesn't quite add up. So I can't say for sure what the bias is. Uh, But there is some kind of bias that makes people feel that this isn't newsworthy and these other things are newsworthy.
6: Referring to the um, Gasnell trial and his charges, you say, quote, to say that one procedure is murder and the other is a legal procedure is morally irreconcilable. And Mm -hmm. of course, human nature will read this case through a moral lens, and that's definitely Mm -hmm. a huge consideration in such a situation like this. But even apart from a moral stance, it seems that even just by a common sense definition that any infant born in the U.S. soil is a U.S. citizen, which Mm -hmm. would include babies born alive in an abortion clinic. So is this an argument you've been hearing about at all? Or do you think that it's one that might change the way pro-choice, pro-life proponents are talking about abortion?
8: Well, that would be my hope is that we could just have an honest conversation about late-term abortion. And I don't think we've ever had one. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think what happens is uh, even if people like these infant born alive that come up you then you have the pro-abortion rights people saying oh well that hardly ever happens so we don't need to worry about it and well hardly ever happens i mean how many babies are allowed to be born alive
5: yeah. and
8: left to die on the table you know i mean what's the number are you saying like if it's just five a year then we're okay with that because to me the number should be zero right
5: um
8: and and so we never have a real honest debate it's always treated like the only people who have a problem with this are people who want to control women and make women suffer. And, you know, it's not, that's not it. And one of the things about the Gosnell trial, unfortunately, all the coverage now is about how it hasn't been covered, right. <laughs> but no one's right. actually talking about the issue. Right. And one of the children that he's charged with killing, you know, people read the grand jury report. They actually have pictures of the babies um, yeah. in it. And one of them was 20 weeks and that's legal. And the only reason that he is being tried for it is because he killed that baby outside the body, hmm. not inside it. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it, it just looks like a, a premature baby. You know, it, it has hair, it's, it's a baby, you know? So the conversation that should be happening, not frankly, has, in my mind, has nothing to do with God or religion. It is an ethical, moral issue. And we have to be asking, why, why is it murder for him to do it two inches in this direction, But it's not two inches in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also know that that baby was born alive, right? I mean, at 20 weeks. So you can do that legally. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you telling us that they're never born alive? That's just not true. So these these are the debates, I think, that need to be happening, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, not and not frankly with a lot of pro-life people making you know enough with the baby killer stuff, enough. You know what I mean? Like right, people right. need to just take it down a notch. Um, Pro-choice people, for the most part, are good people who really think they're helping women. So I, you know, I just that I just wish that we could just really sit down and have a conversation and just say, let's just look at the facts.
6: Since media bias is really always probably going to be part of the industry, are there any ways you would suggest we can read news more widely and more critically to learn of stories that might not be making headlines? Because I'm sure that this is not the only time this happens. I would just say,
8: you know, that you could just find different shows with different perspectives on TV and maybe listen to both sides. And, you know, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of work, though, and people are really busy. Um So, I, you know, I just encourage people to be skeptical, you know, and not just, you know, if something doesn't sound right, it probably isn't. And if something sounds a little too sensational, it's probably being sensationalized, you know. And um, occasionally it's not, like in this case, but, you know, you need to just sort of look into it and and try to, you know, be skeptical and and get as much information as you can. And I do think, to, you know, if people write letters to the editor when they see media bias, I think it helps. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think the only way to change media bias is to have more diversity in the newsroom.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: And, you know, as I was saying earlier, it's really just a bunch of people who kind of think the same way, even if one's a Republican and one's a Democrat. I mean, most are Democrats, but they're just all kind of the same kind of people who went to the same kind of schools. And there aren't real, ar- you know, there's not like debate and arguments going on necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to have, you know, that kind of tension. Because I don't think it's, you know, people assume that, that they're sitting around, like, a lot of people saying, like, oh, it's just a conspiracy, you know. Uh, it's like, right. it's not, that's not it. It's just that there's nobody there to say, well, you know, I don't think that's right. I mean, I have evangelical friends, like, they don't really think that way. Or, you know, I don't, you know, just to say, like, well, no, all will people don't hate women or, you know, right. just to kind of offer a different perspective. Um, because they're just kind of going on what they know. Sometimes of just saying like, oh, little media, little media, little media. It's like, no, that's not really it. You know, it's, it's just, you just need some different kinds of people.
1: That was Kirsten Powers. To hear the full interview, head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com.
5: Longest night.
1: You're listening to Fossil Collective. The song is Let It Go. If I had a collection of fossils, yeah. I'd be keeping it. Yeah, the it. last thing do watched, just it, let it go.
3: Yeah. Don't, we don't encourage that.
1: All right, it's time for your feedback. Um, last week, I, we mentioned the Tom Cruise movie. It looks awesome, but she I did. mentioned in passing that I'm not going because I have a personal mm-hmm. boycott against Tom Cruise because I would like him to go away. Um, we asked you you know, because we're all Christians here, or a lot of us are, you know, which means we're really good at boycotting. Uh, what what should we boycott? What would be a, what's a personal boycott you've taken or, or, or what should be a boycott that we should advocate for more widely? Uh, you went over to the podcast episode page at com. You hit us up on Twitter and here's a few of our favorite replies.
2: Uh, Jay Gray on the podcast page on the website says he has been boycotting not having a beard since he was four years old. And I think he just can't grow one. Yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate. So there you go.
1: CJ, uh, whose Twitter name is Chia Pet Rockstar, uh, CJ said, "I boycott greeting time at church. Accomplishes nothing but makes everyone feel awkward. No forced friendliness."
2: I, Uh, yeah.
1: Here's my question for old CJ. Hmm. Is he advocating that we should all boycott it like like churches Good question. should boycott it or is this a personal conviction that when his church does yeah. it and everybody turns around to greet, he stands there and stares blankly <laughs> or just sits, or just sits. Or, yeah. and will not acknowledge people yeah. who
0: are trying to speak
1: to him? I like that. It's Because like, I hope it's the latter. <laughs> yeah. It's like Tyler.
0: He didn't boycott the wedding. He just didn't wear I the chucks. Like, yeah.
3: Yeah. It's so if it's a personal boycott, then he's just the rudest guy in oh, that church. I would be impressed. I want to meet that guy. Send
0: us a video
4: of how that goes yeah. next week. I'm, yeah, I'm curious about and, that. And, and I don't. He, he thinks it's forced. What did he say? Forced uh, uh, friendliness. What's wrong with that? It's church. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I mean, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on it's, it's part hold of hold the, hold on, the on, point. Part of the point is like you know be, becoming friendly and nice and community oriented. Take, take two hours out of your, your week.
2: You can't be like that at church. I don't mind it, at, you know, right before you sit down. But when you walk in, I don't like it because I'm just... I'm like, oh, I gotta shake someone's hand, and can I get by without shaking a hand? And oh,
1: I I strategically position Cohen. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I'll
1: have something in my left hand, hold Cohen's hand on my right, and then I have to give Mm -hmm. the guy just a a head nod. Like, what's up? I don't really
2: want to touch your hand.
1: Yeah. How many hands have you touched? You know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I do. I also, yeah, I greet people. I kind of turn around, look around, see if there's any magic players sitting near us. Yeah, Yeah,
2: of course you do.
1: Yeah, and they usually aren't mark mark narens uh said uh we should boycott uh the use of abreaves like totes mm. and things like that, but totes are bags that you just carry to the beach
3: <laughs> no he's <advocating laughs> so
1: he does he have against totes? For the
3: boycotting of of convenient oh, bagging like, bag <laughs> oh. yeah. I like what he did here. He gave us yeah. examples of Bible verses with too many abbreviations in them, which is where he fears, I think, the recent rush of abbreviations is going to bring us to, such as John three sixteen. God totes loves us. Gave peeps his only son. Whoevs believes won't die but gets life for evs.
4: <laughs> well, in that in that context, I'm against it too.
3: <laughs> it's sort of a worst case scenario. Yeah, well, that's pretty bad. I do feel like I should give a shout out to Michael Slaughter, who wrote on our Facebook page that he thinks. And I agree, we should boycott all of the octopus habitats at SeaWorld because <laughs> octopus are scary and those tentacles are weird and scary.
1: Okay, so that'll do it for your, your feedback from last week. Now it's time for Oops, I... our segment where we uh, apologize or offer any corrections from the previous week's episode. For, I'd like to start it off by apologizing on behalf of Jesse to the people, the fine people of Canada. <laughs> <Yeah>. once again <laughs> yeah. he offended them and, and maligned them a few people uh-huh. can, loyal Canadian listeners s- said maybe I should boycott the relevant podcast if you're going to give us that kind of hate mm-hmm.
4: I, I will say this someone sent and I do appreciate this and my apologies someone spent, uh, sent me a very uh, uh, detailed infograph of Actual Canadian exports. Yes, and it's not, in fact, maple syrup and hockey.
5: Just... <laughs> and there Justin are Bieber. several
4: other things. <laughs> Actually, on
1: they're in the top hundred, maple syrup, hockey, and Justin Bieber didn't even appear. Mm, so we stand right? corrected on that. Yeah, okay. And, and
4: again, I I do, in all seriousness, if anyone was offended, it's just a joke. I was just saying it to be.
1: Well, there was one girl on Twitter, Beth Payson, who apparently doesn't know the longstanding, you know, wink wink joke rivalry between. Uh, our podcast and, and, and the Fair People of Canada. She was like, Why? why? She was why? confused. Yeah, like, <laughs> why Why are you picking on me and my people? Uh, anyway. Uh, no, no.
4: I think the Slide Whistle folks were Canadian and they seem like lovely right. people.
1: Yeah, that's true. The, who sent us, who uh, did the Slide Whistle yeah. uh, no, song?
4: I, it's comically exaggerated xenophobia. That's yep. the joke. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay, but uh, we have a correction. John Tanzi wrote in on Twitter. He said, uh, Jack Reacher. Uh, was, is not a comic book character. He's from a series of books by UK author Lee Child. So,
0: eh, We don't care.
1: I stand corrected <laughs> on confusing a book series about a fictional character with a comic book about a fictional
0: character. Who is played by Tom Cruise, so again, eh, doesn't
3: <laughs> really it doesn't matter. matter. That's my point. <laughs> right. Sort
0: of a comical figure.
1: All right, so now it's time for this week's
2: editorial question of the week. Hey!
1: Well, well, as you know, you know, we we typically will base our question of the week on on something that, that happened on the show, and uh, I offline, you know, w- that what you didn't hear was advocating for tips on how to thwart fornicating teenagers <sighs> from the front, from your front yard, uh, Maya and others. Thought we should go in a different direction. shot him down. (laughs) So uh, we want to know your worst college course or most ludicrous college course or the college course that you had to drop and the story associated with it. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the thing, the blip on your college experience. Head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and post your replies there. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or you can post on our Facebook page. A relevant Podcast on Facebook.
0: You guys said yours. I, I took a class in college, uh, shocking to a lot of you, but I was a youth ministry major. What and, uh, <clears throat> it's crazy or every that, time I hear it. But uh, gets I, a I, I had to take a class. It was my junior year. It was called Youth Camping Recreation. No, and retreats. And retreats, camping, okay. so I thought it and retreats. So
3: I and Treats. Okay. It would be better if <laughs> 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 it was and treats like snack time at youth yeah. camp. Rice Krispies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: yeah. Fruit
3: you, Punch. Fruit
1: Punch. yeah fruit punch. How to get the most for your
5: money? Pizza
3: ordering one hundred and one. The off-brand vanilla
0: swirl Oreo type thing. Mountain Dew. You you minored in Lock-ins. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, that's kind of what this class was.
4: Oh, lock-ins
3: lock-ins
5: it was fine. a. It was
0: ridiculous.
3: If you have five you teenagers down. and three two liters of Mountain Dew. Yeah. If you're at a retreat and two of your teenagers start fornicating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not if. When. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah,
1: <right? laughs> if they do it
3: in front of your cabin door. What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> so
1: we could blend the two
3: questions. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what sort of things were in this? Uh, what, what did it's you learn? Ridiculous were there tests? Things like how to, yeah, like how to, plan a, how to plan a retreat. Wow! Like what to do when you take your kids camping. And mm-hmm. at
2: no point in your college career did you think "Eh, think no I I knew after my
0: sophomore year that I had that I didn't like kids and didn't want to work with them (laughs) (laughs) and why
2: didn't you change because
0: I was on a two year waiting list to get into the music school that I went to uh, so I figured I'd just finish out what uh, I was doing uh, while I had to wait I'm the same way there's a reason why less than
1: 1% of our readership is under the age of 18 I can't stand teenagers. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, we've, hey, we've when I was that. a teenager, I didn't really like them. <laughs> loud right? and clear. Yeah.
4: <laughs> 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 I, I got no beef with teens. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool with you kids. Teens. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't mess with my house I'm don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't mess with my house me
1: we're and, cool. Jesse, we're me and cool. Jesse
3: are starting another podcast called Teens Corner
4: <laughs> teen beats with a Z <laughs> we're radical teens and we don't care about proper spelling
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: alright okay so well many thanks to Michael Gunger for uh, talking to us uh, you know stay tuned follow him on Twitter and Instagram and, and, and be watching Uh, for uh, info about their upcoming album Uh, I'm sure they'll be updating GungerMusic.com. and thanks to Kirsten Powers for talking to us Uh, you can follow her writing at USA Today obviously uh, for the latest and we're covering it too on our website as Mm -hmm. as things are notable so many thanks to her alright well that'll do it for this week's show I'm Cameron Strang
2: I'm Maya Strang
3: I'm Tyler Huckabee
4: I'm Jesse Carey
1: that's Chad Michael Snavely we'll see you next week
0: for listening to the relevant podcast go follow us on twitter at relevant podcast and for more great content check out relevantmagazine.com
4: i'll just say from experience you know having these kind of looks it it's a burden